Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. So, I feel like the title of this movie is Missing a Comma. So, like, it should almost. be... Almost. Human. Human. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like... The, I mean, let's be real. This is just a Body Snatchers movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's just a ripoff of Body Snatchers. And in no way is it like, like the title doesn't imply the plot and mm-hmm. doesn't even really relate to the plot. Yeah. So like, I feel like the the comma would, would be helpful. And uh, I feel like maybe we just don't name it Almost Human when there already was several famous things named Almost Human before that. Yeah, there was a with the, the TV show that came out the same fucking year. And then and, there was... W- and there was a British version of it that was insanely popular before it. Like, yeah. That was the same show. Mm. Is it anything like Being Human? Which was uh, the one where there were like there was like a ghost, a werewolf, and a, a vampire. Yeah, I actually like, like that show. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think maybe that's the one I was thinking of as being human. But um, I mean, they're still like, it's like they just they heard the phrase somewhere yeah. and they they liked it and like we're gonna name our movie that even though it's like makes no fucking sense. Right. I mean, they could have gone with any. I mean, they could have literally called it like body replacers, and I would have been like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> or or like any like you know rip off what i mean you're already ripping off a whole movie yeah just just take the extra step at this yeah. point the they could have they could have called it the the thing with the appendage <laughs> the thing with the appendage <laughs> uh and it goes in your throat or sometimes uh, your vagina oh Who knows? my god all right so i had no strong opinions about this film until like the last five minutes and then i developed some very strong opinions for it that being said hello and welcome to the never of a podcast uh i'm your host michael fight and i don't think that's caleb anymore <laughs> uh you know what they should have called this movie where Canceled? the fuck is rob <laughs> <laughs> they, they they should have called this movie not worth making not worth making. <laughs> so uh, we we are in the last month of November, and we are talking about uh, the movie Almost Human. Now, as we have mentioned several times throughout the month and uh, during this episode. Yeah, just now. <laughs> just now. There are a lot of different movies and things named Almost Human. There's a Carl Urban show called Almost Human. There's a Chinese movie called Almost Human. There, there are just a lot of movies and media, excuse me, and media called almost human this is the one where when you look at the cast you're like oh i don't know any of those people son of a bitch Hmm. it's happening on instagram now too what is up yeah i can't fucking deal with that in my ear the whole time oh yeah we can't do that we can't we're turning the live off let's do it yeah i mean no one's watching anyway yeah we're good uh, we we're trying to get we're trying to get out to you guys in other mediums twitch Mm -hmm. twitch wasn't a thing it it wasn't always working, so we're trying to we're trying to get to you. But anyways, that's over and done with. Yeah. Uh, so the lesson here is never try. 
never try. It's just, just, uh, just don't. Uh, and then you're never disappointed. Um, which should have been the advice to the filmmakers of this movie. Uh, so, uh, so here's the deal. So this movie, um, <sighs> All right. So, uh, so again, this is the movie that if you find it, it is streaming on Hulu in America. If you find this movie and and you see that there's like three different versions, the one you're looking for is the one that came out in two the 2013 uh, with no cast members you recognize. So you're gonna be like, I don't know any of those people. Great, that's and, the one you should be watching. And there's a poster where like they like oh man i can i can picture the the person creating this in whatever design studio tool that they use just being so <laughs> fucking stoked and there's like a dude in the background who's like screaming and holding an axe and then the rest of the cast is superimposed on top of him uh and just this 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 gives me throwbacks to things that i don't i don't want to think about <laughs> yeah and okay so we're i'm gonna read to you the official uh this is uh written by the production company for um almost human um so their their official synopsis is mark fisher disappeared from his home in a brilliant flash of blue light almost two years ago his friend okay. seth hampton was the last to see him alive yeah. now a string of grisly violent murders leads seth to believe that mark is back and something evil is inside of him. Now, although that's technically true, that's not exactly how this plays out because, and we'll get to it, but like that, it isn't like this, I wonder what all these murders are. It's like, oh my God, there's a murder. And then you instant, like everybody instantly knows who did it, like yeah. within five minutes you know, obviously the audience knows, but within five minutes, Seth immediately is like, it's Mark. And then Mark shows up and kills someone in their hometown. They're like, see, it was Mark. And you're like, <laughs> I told you it was Mark. You're like, yeah, dude. Like we just saw that five seconds ago. Anyways. So this movie starts off with, uh, our, our main character, um, uh, Seth, who is played, uh, by, um, Graham Skipper, um, who Caleb, uh, go ahead. And <laughs> so I had asked you, what is the opposite of rad? <laughs> and the only thing bogus. I could think of was bogus. Yeah. I mean, you could go with bad. You could go with uncool. I feel like um, bogus is more fitting you, to like yeah. the term rad. Yeah. So if you think like 80s terminology, the opposite of rad would be bogus. So this guy is like Daniel Bogescliffe. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like if Daniel Radcliffe's body had aged, but his acting skills had stayed like... Like 11-year-old um, Daniel yeah. Radcliffe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, first Harry Potter movie. But I, I can't <laughs> be a wizard. Can I? I'm Wink just only one Seth. Eye. Just Seth. Just Seth. I, I can't fight aliens. I'm just <laughs> Seth. <laughs> and a thump and good one, I imagine. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, and, you know, in all fairness, maybe with a better written script... Yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe these actors could have done better, but a lot of the lines were not, they were like, it felt very high school play-ish. Like yeah. none, none of the lines had any sort of like emotion or feeling to them. Like everything was very like, I'm going to go to the store. You have fun at the store. Mm -hmm. Great. Here I go to the store. And you know, instead of like, it, nothing felt natural. Nothing like not, e not the delivery, but not even the words they were saying. They didn't feel like this isn't, this is not how people talk. Yeah. And so it just felt weird. So apologies to Graham Skipper. You may actually be a, a good actor. I don't know. I've never seen anything else you're in and I'll, I'll reserve final judgment for any time that I do eventually see you in something else. But in this movie, you were Daniel Bogusclef and I'm sorry. <laughs> um and it's also because he looks like uh daniel radcliffe uh, yeah that's um, yeah as as caleb said looks like a grown-up um so so the movie starts off uh we see seth uh and he's like kind of driving down the road we see some sort of flashy light thing think fire in the sky which is you know when this movie first started i was like okay we're getting yeah. like a fire in the sky movie like Great. And I, I'm down. That movie scared the shit out of me. Fire in the Sky was, to this day, one of the scariest things that I've ever seen. It's, uh, it still creeps me out. And much like Fire in the Sky, this movie claims to be based on events that took place in Patton, Maine. So it claims to be based on true events. I don't know if that is a, like, we're going to set the stage. This is based on fake events that we're creating now. Or if there was actually 
a like an alien abduction story followed by like you know a string of murders whatever in Patton, Maine at some point that uh that inspired this movie. I don't know. They they give us nothing else. It just the following is based on events that took place in Patton, Maine. So maybe. Uh, what I do know is that right off the bat, they pay no attention to continuity uh, errors whatsoever because they claim that this takes place on Friday, October 13th, 1987, which was, in fact, a Tuesday. <laughs> so. Oh, yes. And, like, even if I hadn't, um, like, looked that up, I could have done the math and figured it out because it was, um, well, actually, no. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, no, that, I don't know. I don't know. I was born on a Monday six years prior. Uh, so, All right, yes, so what, yes. What, what was the date again? It, no, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I was conflating this with thinking about how close it was to my birthday uh, 13 days before. Yes, so the math works out. It was a Tuesday, October 13th, 1987. October 13th, 1987. 13 days before my what birthday. What day was October 13th, 1987? It was a Tuesday. I did look this up. Oh, you did look at it? Yeah. yeah but they say was, it's a Friday, so I would, it is definitely wrong. I was trying to to figure out the, the math of it even without looking it up, but I had already looked it up, so I knew what the answer was. So you knew what the answer was, but you were trying to, you were yeah. trying to reverse engineer your yeah. math. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, that's mistake number one. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, that's not like a... Um, that's not like a complicated thing, like, you know, accidentally having something that was invented in 1988 show up in your 1987 movie where it's like, oh, well, it kind of was around the uh, months. Like, you can easily, like, I just looked that up in five seconds by asking my phone. This movie was made less than 10 years ago. Yeah. They could have done the same thing. Yeah. I mean, super easy to do. Like, and this is this is basics. It's even, like, honestly... If you, the, the math that I was trying to do, uh, which was uh, basically if you take the the day of the week that is currently and then just work backwards, uh, you know, each year it was a day previous. So if it happened on a Tuesday this year, it was a Monday the previous year and so forth. Right. You can figure this out without the internet. Right. With, without right. access to like past calendars, you can do the math, you can figure it out. Uh, that is how I originally figured out that I was born on a Monday and then later confirmed it via the internet. Yeah, uh, which I was also born on a Monday. Yeah, you would have been because it was yeah. exactly three weeks later. Exactly three weeks later, which uh, coincidentally, my daughter was also born on a Monday. Hey! Yeah, and uh, so I always remember, uh, I, I'll always remember the day that Apple announced the very first Retina uh, laptops, the very first Retina computers is because um, I was in the hospital watching that presentation <laughs> and that when that presentation ended, like uh, labor started like almost instantly after that and then Juniper was born only a couple hours later. That's fucking um, wild. So when people are always like, oh, when did they announce the Retina MacBook? I'd be like, oh, well, it was actually on uh, June 11th in 2012. It was a Monday. People were like, how the fuck do you know that? It was like, because my daughter was born on that same day and I was watching it while labor was happening. It's <laughs> uh, also something that we all uh, share in common with Solomon Grundy, also oh. born, born on a Monday. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Reference. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, obviously the date's wrong. So, Mark, you know, we get our little flashy light thing, and Mark's like, what the fuck? And he runs into his house. So, he runs into Seth's house, mm. and uh, Seth and Jen are are living in this house. Um, All the way around. Uh, Seth Earth. is the one who was who, who saw the incident happen is runs to uh, or i'm sorry M uh, mark's, mark's house yeah house, i keep yeah. getting seth and mark confused yeah um name wise understandable um, yeah so so seth goes to mark's house mark and jen are living together in a house and uh you know he he comes in and he's like oh my god blah blah you gotta help me like rob is you know rob was just there and he was like what the, what is happening you know and first Everybody in this movie acts this this reminds me of the dust walkers mm -hmm. where like nobody is reacting to the obvious thing they should be reacting to. Instead, they're like, well, hold on, partner. Yeah. Uh, your entire head and face is covered in blood and you're carrying a gun. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and talk to you like a normal person. It's like, <sighs> what? <laughs> like, yeah. wh how, what? Why are you being so cavalier of this very obvious thing? But anyways... So, yeah. you know, we, we have this very stupid, I hate, hate, 
Caleb, when I say that I hate this in movies, mm-hmm. I fucking hate it. Okay. Seth says outright, like, look, man, we were driving here. I saw a bunch of blinding lights. I almost hit a tree. I don't know what happened. We saw a bunch of lights. Rob got out of the car, and now Rob is missing. And he, then he says, Rob, it was beamed up from the light. But the yeah. first half of what he says is enough information to be like, oh, okay, obviously my friend is distraught. Yeah. Obviously he almost got into a car accident. Something yeah. blinded them. Maybe it was another car. Maybe it was another truck uh-huh. that like ran him off the road. Like Rob is, you know, something's wrong with Rob. We, sh- we should go. And it takes far too long in the conversation for them to get to the point where Mark is like, all right, I'm just going to go to, you know, show me where you were and I'm going to go where go there and figure out what's wrong, which is a very reasonable response from Mark, by the way. But Mark, I, I kind of disagree because Mark is just immediately well, turns, point. just like immediately turns into like shitty disbeliever. And like Seth is frantically saying Rob was taken, like a beam of light took him away and is obviously terrified and Mark is like, what the fuck did you do? Why did you just leave him there? I've got to go after him. Is like, grabs a gun. And is like, you stay here and watch, watch Jen. And then like takes off. I'm like, what, why are you angry with Seth? Why are I, you, like, is that just your default mode? You're just shitty. Yeah. See, this is, this is a product of bad writing is when, uh, when characters don't react the way you w- people would normally act to a friend. If a friend came at me and was like, like, and looking the way Seth does, mind you, like Seth has blood on him, like his mm-hmm. face is all messed up, like he's all red, you know, he's sweaty like crazy. Like he is, he is clearly distraught and disheveled and a mess. And if a friend came to me and be like, okay, like the, the, the best thing you can do is just give them the benefit of the doubt, believe mm-hmm. everything they're saying and just be like, okay, let's say this is true. Like walk me through everything. What should we do? What do you want to do? You know, because, because, uh, even that Seth does actually do, you know, the, the thing he calls the police. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to call the police. Like we should call the police, you know, cause Mark is like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go out there. And he's like, no, 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 don't go out there. Mm-hmm. They could be out there. He's like, let's just call the police, which is the right thing. I mean, that's also the right, you know, like don't leave because clearly they're coming, you know, he, you know, for all Seth knows, they're targeting him too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, whatever and, it is. Yeah. Rob just ignores him and like runs out with his gun and just almost, Im- yes, yeah, sorry, Mark, because Rob is gone. Yeah. Uh, we never see Rob. And we'll never see Rob again. No what thing. the fuck happens to Rob? Anyway, Mark runs out and almost immediately, you know, it, predictably the flash of light hits and like Mark is taken and, you know, a, a brief spoiler, there's a moment later where Mark is like, is fighting Seth and is like, you let them take me. You just, you did nothing. You stood there and watched and like, what the fuck was anyone supposed to do? A beam of light comes down and you're gone. Right. I mean, it, it was literally like Mark walks out of the door. The lights immediately hit him. Seth is like, Mark. And then he's gone. And like also instantly. Seth did tell you not to go out there. Right. This is your own damn fault. He did everything he was supposed to do to be like, no, don't do that. Everything that happens in this movie is is Mark's fault. Is 100% Mark's fault. Yeah. Everything. Um, Even Rob's death. I don't know how, but I I blame Rob's death on Mark. On Mark, yeah. So, uh, So anyways... Now, you know, there was all this other really stupid thing where, like, the lights go off and then the lights start flicker, but then, like, you know, different lights activate at different times, which is not how circuit breakers act. But Mm -mm, mm -mm. we know that this is a supernatural, well, I guess, extraterrestrial thing. Um, But anyway, so, so Mark's fucking gone. Seth is flipped out. Jen, who, by the way, also witnesses this... Thing. Like Jen watches Mark get sucked up in the air because she's standing right next to Seth when it happens. Because she yeah. comes down and is like, "Hey, what the fuck are you guys all yelling about?" Yeah, and he's like, "Rob's gone. Seth's being crazy. I'm gonna go figure out what's going on." He walks out the door. They both watch him leave, and instantly he gets beamed up. And then it just sort of stops, and the power goes out everywhere. And then now our our opening credits get uh, start rolling, and the as the credits are rolling, we're seeing a bunch of news reports of people being like, 
oh, the entire county lost power, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, kept losing power for this one night and it was, you know, all over the place and there was, you know, people are reporting bright lights in the sky mm-hmm. and at the same time, the disappearance of uh, Mark Fisher and Rob, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> Rob literally does not matter what his last name is. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so we get we get all those fun little news reports, and now we see that it is now two years later, um, and we see uh, Seth is uh, getting ready for work. Uh, you know, he he wakes up from a nightmare uh, of you know Mark basically yelling at him, you know, in his dream or whatever, and sealing alien type things. And uh, Seth wakes up. He you know calls his doctor and was like, "Hey, I need to come see you, uh, presumably about um, medication. I don't know. They never really explain what it is that he needed to go to the doctor for, or if he actually went to the doctor." Um, and then we also get a flash to Jen. Jen is now engaged to some. I, his name is Clyde. His name is Clyde, and he was also surprised ginger to me. Yeah. So like, like bright red. Yeah. Like well, so, when he's so, in the car and you know, kind of in shadow, it looks brown. And then he leans out of the car and it's like this vivid red, like your shirt. It was so <laughs> weird because like you see him in the car and like the shadow makes it. So like you can't see his freckles or his hair or anything. And he's like, yeah, just put it on my car. Like the implication is that he's like a controlling womanizer husband or fiance, I guess, which yeah. is weird. I don't understand the point. Um, of that, like, whatever. But yeah. it was weird because he was like, give me a kiss. And then he leans his head out and it was just like, ta-da. And you were like, whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was really weird. Like, it, I almost, for a second, I was like, wait, is this another scene? Like, it looked like a completely different person, which is why it's important to light your actors properly. And like, Clyde also has almost no purpose in this movie other than to demonstrate Zero. Jen has moved on. Right. I mean, but I mean, like, that was also pointless, <laughs> but, but anyway, so, so now Jen goes to work. There's, you know, there's a whole thing where, you know, we're, we're still seeing reports of like, Oh, power outages are happening again, just like they did two years ago. And people are still saying they're seeing the lights like da da da. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jen's boss, he, she works in a diner. Jen's boss comes up to her and is like, Hey, um, you know, it, it's been super slow, probably, you know, because of the winter and because of what's everything, everything that's happening. So like, I got to cut a shift from you every week. So now you're, you're down to four shifts a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, shucks. And, um, you know, we have some other, uh, unnecessary conversation that does absolutely nothing to further character development or the plot. Um, and I- then, Yeah. Say uh, continuing the theme of them not caring about continuity. Uh, there are vehicles that aren't uh, of the the correct year for this being released. They're like you know mid nineties model vehicles, uh, and the diner has uh, flat screen monitors on the the cash register, which came along much later. Oh God! Uh, like yeah. all, all sorts, of, and even even little things like the clothing, like. It's not like it all is super modern, but they made no effort to have like clothing, hair, makeup, anything look and feel like the late eighties. Like yeah. nothing, nothing at all about this feels like the late eighties. Even the older model cars, they just look like they're older cars now. Right? Would they look like the type of cars you would see in this sort of like small hunting town? Yeah. Like, it, like every car, I was like, yeah, that's a car I would see <laughs> if I drove through fucking the middle of nowhere, Maine. Yes. I would absolutely expect to see some Ford truck from 1991. There's some like early nineties Ford F series pickups. Uh, Clyde drives a fucking like Corvette or something for some reason. Uh, Someone late, late in the movie, the very, like very last sequence is driving like a Chevelle, uh, which I actually saw one walking around town yesterday and it was fucking dope and I want it. (laughs) (laughs) uh like the the like el camino style uh like uh-huh. small like coupe like single like like two seat uh cab with the, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the bed um yeah very like very cool but like not necessarily correct for the, the time for the time uh, and yeah, yeah there's it, it just feels like there was no effort made to like try to keep this uh appropriate to the time that they're claiming that it was in in which case like be nebulous about the time if you don't want to put the effort into consistency. 
that's don't, don't give a date. Like I get that this is a low budget film. Like the budget was only estimated at about fifty thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. like knowing you don't have that kind of money, just like you said, just don't say a date. Like mm-hmm. it is unnecessary. Like the date in this movie is not relevant whatsoever because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it I mean, obviously we're trying to do like the based on a true story or whatever like that, but like, is it? I mean, it doesn't matter. The date is irrelevant. And all it did was add complications to your movie, like an unnecessary complications. Um, because even, you know, even, you know, you could say like, oh, well, some movies, you know, we have to, the isolation, you know, uh, idea where you have to isolate them somehow, especially because of modern technology and things like that, cell phones and what have you. There are reasonable explanations why cell phones would be irrelevant in this movie, because of many reasons, just because of how it's happening, the plot and the whole spiel. Like, even if everybody was walking around with a brand new iPhone, it would not change the plot of the movie based on what the plot of the movie is. And that's why you can mm-hmm. just be whenever. You can just say it's the early 2000s. You can say it's the 90s or just don't say. Yeah. Um, and just be like, hey, this thing happened. And now it's two years after that date. Um, you know, like, it's just... It's it's not hard to do. Um, so anyway, so now we've gotten the backstory is that they're uh, immediately after this whole scenario happened, um, Seth is blamed, is arrested and blamed for the disappearances of both Mark and Rob. Um, Jen basically says that it was, um, that it was his fault. You know, she, she implies that to the cops that he is the one responsible for them missing, you know, which, he gets a, which is fucking why? Right. I don't understand that either. He was the one who was like, oh my God, Rob's gone. And then they both watch, uh, uh, Mark get taken away. Like, Jen just could have been like, yeah, I don't know what happened either. I don't, it doesn't make sense for her to have turned on Seth this way. Yeah. Um, no, no sense whatsoever. I, I under, I get maybe what, why the writer intended for that to happen. Cause the idea, they make it seem like Seth is the only one who believes and he's been trying to tell people and everybody is against him until finally he's vindicated but they don't do enough of it. Yeah, that, so it just seems like Jen's a bitch. That doesn't actually <laughs> happen at any point. Right. Because you don't talk to, they don't talk to anybody else about it. Like Seth and Jen talk to each other about it, but nobody talks to anybody else about it. So we don't get any like the whole town is against Seth and everybody is, you know, demonizing him or, or, you know, shun, shunning him out of society because they think he's the one responsible. Mm-hmm. In fact, his boss is kind of like, what the fuck, dude, you're bleeding from the face. You just were at the doctor. Like, why don't you know what's wrong with you? And he's like, I don't know. And first off, everybody's a dick in this movie unnecessarily. Hey, although like the, the boss is kind of a dick, but also like surprisingly, like aggressively supportive. Like, uh, he calls in, uh, Seth calls in late to work. It says that he's, he's got to go to the doctor, that it's emergency. He makes like a last minute appointment that day. Uh, and he calls work and says, you know, tell the boss I'll, I'll be there by one. And yeah. he shows up late and the boss is like one o'clock my ass. It's almost two. Like, what's wrong with you? And, you know, he's like, I'm fine. He's like, you're, you're clearly not fine. Like, like right. you're late every day. What is going on? Like, I'm fine. And then later on, like ha- develops a nosebleed in the middle of his shift and like runs in the bathroom. Boss goes into the bathroom with him to like aggressively show concern for him. <laughs> well, he's, even, he's like, this is your third nosebleed this week. Like somebody who is fine. doesn't have three nosebleeds a week. Like what did the doctor say? And they said, nothing and he's like they wouldn't just say nothing you know <laughs> it's like it's like he's angry at ha- ha- like having to care about one of his employees <laughs> <laughs> it's like, i'm getting very mixed signals from the boss <laughs> no right it is it really was, uh, weird like clancy i think was the boss yeah clancy of course it is <laughs> um yeah it was really weird everybody everybody just doesn't act the way they should in this it's so weird um and as far as i can tell there is absolutely no like bizarre happenings from October 1987 in Patton, Maine. 
Okay, so this is completely just, made up. Yeah, so it's not a real true story. It's a based on a fake story about a true story. Yeah. A true story about a fake story. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it ain't real. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so at this point, Seth and Jen reconnect. He visits her at work. They sit down, and he's, you know, uh, she's like, what do you want, Seth? And he's like, first off, fuck you, man. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, why the fuck did you say that? She's like, I don't know. I was upset. And he's like, well, anyways, fuck you. Anyways, yeah. uh, it's all happening again and something's wrong. So watch out. Uh, and she's like, hmm. And, uh, you know, she had seen the news report earlier that, um, you know, power outages wrapping again. People are seeing strange lights. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other thing is nobody else talks about the power outages or strange or strange lights except for our main characters. Yeah. Like it's all over the news and people are constantly watching the news, which is one of the few things that is reasonably accurate for the time period. Yeah. Um, and like diamond. every business has the news on yeah. and like every person in their home has the news on like, uh, uh, so like it's out there, it's everywhere. And yeah, nobody like it. No, like the news is making it seem like it's a, like a, like statewide panic or something like that, like a regional catastrophe Everyone's just going about their lives. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe that's accurate. I mean, maybe <laughs> for the town, sure. Given, I don't know. Given what we've seen over the last couple of years, maybe it's completely accurate maybe, that people are like, well, true. you know what? We can't live in fear of the aliens uh, taking over our bodies <laughs> and, and killing our townspeople. <laughs> right. <laughs> the townspeople. Uh, the city of Townsville. It's uh, my Powerpuff Girls mayor. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> the power of life, girls. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Seth and, uh, and Jen have this recollection, you know, this reconnection, and she's kind of like, I don't know, Seth. Seth goes off to work. Cool. He has his little thing, you know, the nosebleed thing. And then uh, we get sent over to two hunters uh, walking through the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of them is drinking a lot, which, great idea. Uh, yeah. definitely get super drunk and go, uh, hunting, wearing camouflage gear and no orange vest with your friends Yeah, why uh, with you? guns. That is the exact thing you should do. Um, I mean, have we ever heard an incidence where that's gone wrong? I doubt it. Um, I say with heavy satire for legal reasons. Um, <laughs> Our lawyers have informed uh, <laughs> us that we uh, must include this disclaimer. Yes. So, uh, at this point, you know, the, the, whatever we get a whole bunch of, uh, dialogue between the hunters that is irrelevant and they stumble across, uh, what they describe as a body. We see a naked man lying, uh, kind of curled up behind a tree. You know, they approach with caution, um, you know, and finally they get up to it and, you know, they, they see that the man, uh, who the man is and we learn, um, that it is in fact, Mark. Hey, uh, Mark's back, everybody. Hey, everybody, give a big hand. Mark who, is naked and covered in slime. Who saw that coming? Who who had <laughs> naked and covered in slime on their Mark bingo card? Surprisingly, I did. Um, <laughs> so before we talk about Mark, uh, um, we're going to go ahead and go to a quick commercial break. Uh, first off, uh, thanks for listening this whole month if you have. If you have not, go back and listen. Uh, we had a lot of fun this month, even though it's been a 50-50. It's been a, I don't know if it's been quite 50. <laughs> it's 40, 60. 70, 30 at best. <laughs> uh, but definitely go back and uh, listen to those episodes. And of course, if you haven't already, please uh, hit follow or subscribe uh, on your podcast player of choice. We would super appreciate it. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave a rating and review. It is insanely helpful for us and it's super easy and free for you to do. Yeah. Um, We've got a really cool month next month. We're crushing and I'm it. I'm very excited by it. We're crushing it next month. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be so pissed at yourself if you miss it. It's true. You will be, um, and and piss on yourself. Um, so uh, yeah. So do all those things. We'd super appreciate it. And of course, if you're not already, follow us over on social media at the Nahoit Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Links are down below. We will be right back. Yeah. The Storyteller series brings you full cast audio productions of short stories. I'm the host, Megs. And each month we'll bring you a brand new story performed by talented voice actors, interviews with great authors, and exclusive print edition stories. 
listen wherever you enjoy podcasts. Catch us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Storyteller or at nightshiftradio.com. The Storyteller Series. Old Time Radio. Rebooted. Hello and welcome back. So when we left you... Yes, Caleb. No, no, I'm, I'm just listening to you. Oh, cool. I'm, I, uh, you have my rapt attention. <laughs> well, that's a pressure. Um, <laughs> when we left you, uh, Mark was lying covered, uh, lying naked, covered in slime uh, on a floor of a forest and is stumbled upon by two hunters who um, completely inappropriately act the worst possible way to stumbling across a man who uh, they originally thought was dead mm-hmm, and they were mm-hmm. cautious, sure, understandable. Yep. But then once they determined he was alive, act insanely unrealistic uh, to the fact that they just found a naked man shivering and crying in the woods on the ground. Instead of being like, oh my God, let me get you help. They're like, what the fuck is up with this guy? It's like, what? Like <laughs> prodding him with the butt of the rifle and like, yeah. you okay, buddy? Yeah. Like somebody, somebody go get help. Right. Or like put your jacket over him. Like literally yeah. anything. Like the man uh, seems to be in shock, is completely naked, is covered in goo. Uh, something is wrong here. Right. Something at the very least, at minimum, this guy's having a real bad day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like uh, totally. So, uh, you know, of course, they they begin to approach him, and uh, Mark uh, jumps up. He kills the the first guy, and then the other guy, you know, goes to shoot him, can't load his gun fast enough, which, first off, this is why you don't drink and hold guns. So, yeah, so Mark grabs the first one and is, like, strangling him and sees the other one go to shoot him and moves uh, the yep. the other guy's body just enough so that the bullet hits that guy's head and not his own, uh, which is a baller move. It is, uh, by the way. Uh, and then proceeds to go and snap the other one's neck while he's fumbling to to reload his single shot bolt action rifle. Yeah, uh, which, which probably great for you know for for hunting, but not so great for defense. Right, right. Ask uh, the entire Civil War. Um, <laughs> So, uh, which, so mind you, when he puts the guy, when he human shields, the other guy, blood splatters all over Mark's face. Uh I mean, like he, his, his head is covered in blood. His whole face is covered in blood, you know, not like specks. It's like buckets of blood all over his face. Like so much so that it's like, you know, looks like you dipped his half his head in red paint. I mean, presumably some gray matter there too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There's definitely bone flex. There's definitely some, some junk. Uh, all up there, in there. There is some skull. Uh, there is some brain. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably probably pieces of an eyelash. Um, <laughs> oh, just one eyelash. <laughs> just one eyelash. Make though. a wish. <laughs> uh, so uh, Mark then proceeds to uh, change into one of the hunter's clothes, which I thought it was very interesting uh, that he was con- like thoughtful enough or had the forethought to also put on socks. He puts yeah. on the guy's socks, and I thought that was like, oh, that's interesting of this seemingly yeah. alien person. They're a bit inconsistent on exactly how in control and how uh, like present Mark actually is, because initially he seems like he's completely catatonic and just animalistic. He likes out this, this scream that the human body is not capable of making this particular noise, right. uh, and like he exhibits like super quick reflexes and seems to be like unrealistically strong and all these things. Um, but then he just, he puts on the guy's clothes and like takes one of the bodies, um, apparently not two, uh, with him to, and like never, never wipes off his face. He, he remains having blood on half of his face for the entire rest of the movie. Right. Uh, which has its own, uh, problems when he starts interacting with other people from his past life, like, oh, hey, it's me, I'm back. Yeah, okay, why is your face covered in blood, buddy? Which nobody asks him ever. Jen, <laughs> at one time, Jen says, is that your blood? And, of course, yeah. he doesn't respond at all, uh, which I would have been like, no, this hunter. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking you about. should see the other guy. He's in the shed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you like to? Would you like to come see the other guy? Would you like to see my body collection? 
Because that's that's the thing that he does. He starts collecting bodies and like presumably has the ability to pass on some uh, like the alien material because we see like he takes the body of the hunter whose neck he snaps, not the one whose head gets blown apart, um, but the one whose neck he snaps, uh, as well as a couple other people that he meets at a gas station when he goes 100 miles the wrong direction. Uh, he kills both of them. Uh, like one of them, like just fucking stabs a bunch. Uh, and then yeah. the other, like he, he takes a rifle and shoots the guy and it like, blo- or I guess he takes a shotgun. It must be cause it blows the guy's head clean off. Clean off. Yeah. Um, he, he leaves the headless body and takes the one that he stabbed, t- you know, throws that in the back of the Bronco and drives off and he stashes these bodies in his shed. Now he stashes at least a couple bodies cause he, he kills two more people at what was his former home. He goes, he goes home. So, he, you know, he has some sort of semblance of remembering who he was. He kills the people who live there uh, in some fairly brutal ways. And he takes these bodies, he stashes them in the shed and, like, covers them. Like, he, we, we see him, like, inject something through a tube that shoots out of his mouth. So classic alien appendage. Uh, and if, if you've watched, like, the, the Strand, uh, the Strain, sorry, uh, TV adaptation of that novel uh, with the vampires, it's the same thing. The thing shoots out of his mouth, like, attaches to their mouth and, like, injects a thing. You see, like, this lump travel down. It's very gross. It is. Uh, and you know, we see them start to shake and whatnot. And so assuming he's, he's transforming them uh, with the intent to, to use later. Although, basically, like... You would think like, okay, we're building an army, we're taking over the town, and it's going to be a body snatchers thing like you reference, and these people are going to go out and continue to spread. No, they stay hanging out in the shed until the very end when there needs to be a, a fight scene. But the point that I'm getting at is it makes sense that we see Mark appear after two years naked and covered in goo because presumably he's been experimented on on an alien ship. Okay. Which we get flashes of Fine. a little yeah. bit. And the one hunter, he takes his clothes. That guy's going to be naked. Sure. The rest of the bodies, he piles up in the shed, fully clothed. And we, at one point, we see them start to, like, be covered in this, like, cocoon type thing. Okay, so this is how they transform. What Are they going to come out as, like, Mothra? Whatever. Uh, they come out naked and covered in goo. What happened to their clothing? Yeah. I mean, literally, like, the, it, it feels, it honestly feels like the only reason... That they had the clothing disappear off of these characters that he killed was so that they can have like a single shot of Susan Travers' chest. Like, yeah, that really feels like the only reason they did that. And like, I know how we can get nudity in this movie. Yes. Uh. Yeah. On top of the gore at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird. So. So at this point, you know, uh, the two murders happen, and that's another one that's that's the person acts incorrectly. So one, uh, Mark walks into this gas station. He has a rifle, uh, a hunting rifle, like, around his back. Now, this seems to be the type of area where that's probably very common. Oh, yeah, you know, so the, so the way the, the person acts in the first place is, it, it was twofold. So one... He says, like, you know, what are you doing fucking walking up here with a gun strapped to your back? I'm like, okay, that's kind of reasonable. I don't know if you should really be saying that to a person wielding a gun. Yeah. But also, like, this seems to be, like, a hunting town, so I feel like this probably happens a lot. So Mm -hmm. I feel like you either don't react just because you're like, yeah, people fucking walk around with their guns all the time. It's They're going hunting. I get it. Or... You're like, hey, you know, you know, you got to keep your hunting gun, you know, your hunting gun in in your car or something like that. Like yeah. You can't have it in the store. Leave That's it outside, totally reason, right? But yep. like the way he reacts is so aggressive that it's like, wouldn't talk to someone with a gun like that. Yeah. Um, but then the other part is, you know, after he's this guy is just unnecessarily a dick to Mark, who says like, where are we? And he goes, yeah. where are we? And he's like, you know, this place. And he's like, I need to get to Penitent or whatever it's called. And he's like, well, it's the 100 miles in the other fucking direction. What other direction? There are at least two directions to go out of this gas station. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? There's no way that he saw what direction that Mark came from. Right. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe if the, the he was walking down the road and the field of view just happened to be like to where the cash register was, but it didn't look like that, the layout of the shop that he would really clearly be able to see. And he's also so, not even paying attention. Like yeah. he barely pays attention when Mark walks in. And it's just, it's, it's bad dialogue. Just yeah. very, very bad. And yeah, he's just right, right off the bat, just 
angry with, with super Mark. aggressive and like you know it's a hundred miles the other way and i get the fuck out of my store sort of thing like like right and it's just unnatural all the dialogue just feels unnatural so anyways you know mark is fine is like fine and he just walks out and uh he instantly goes and he attacks the guy who's filling up the guy in the in the truck mm -hmm. and he just he pulls out the guy's knife and just starts repeatedly stabbing this guy in the chest to which the the store owner comes out with mm -hmm. a gun himself and he's like all right son i'm gonna need you to to put that knife away and i'm like what you were watching this man violently murder this other person and you were being so cavalier right now you're so like yeah all right young fella let's uh let's why don't we why don't everybody just calm down and <laughs> be like he has stabbed this guy like 12 times since you have said that i'm like, sure there's I'm, I'm sure we we don't know both sides to this brutal stabbing <laughs> i'm sure there was fine people on both sides <laughs> um and we it's really just, need to hear out the alien serial killer. <laughs> and it's just, it's so annoying because it's so unnatural. It's so poorly written. It's so poorly acted. Like anybody, I don't care who, I don't care like how seasoned of a, you know, police officer, military person you are, a combat veteran or whatever, you wouldn't act like that if you saw somebody being brutally murdered mm -hmm. and you had a weapon. You would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get down on the ground. I have a gun. Please stop it. Like, you would be shouting. You would be acting upset because you were watching somebody be torn apart by a knife. It is frustrating. Mm -hmm. But anyways, the guy turns around and just fucking blows his head off and he dies. And then, you know, he takes the stab body and go off as, as you know, we had mentioned. So here's the other thing that I, I don't get about this scene is that we later on get a news report because most of the exposition in this movie is provided to us by random news reports that are happening in the background. And usually right. we see each one twice as Seth sees it and then later as Jen sees it because yep. they both have to you get the same information uh and but they do it in a really dumb way they do it delayed where yeah. we watch the entire news story seth reacts to it and then we watch the entire news story again yeah and jen reacts to it instead of seeing it like instead of combining that but we'll talk about why they did that later yeah uh and so the the news story says that they're that the police are investigating a brutal murder uh at this gas station off a of route whatever and <laughs> They suspect there's a second homicide too. How? How yeah. I, so here's here's a, another inconsistency: is uh, the first guy is brutally stabbed to death. There's blood everywhere, except there's not. There's not blood everywhere. So as far as we, the viewers, can tell, there's no evidence of a second death at all. In fact, there's there's no evidence of the death. There's no evidence of a car theft. There's no evidence of anything other than there's a guy who had his head shot off. Yeah. That's and that's it. it. Yep. There's, because uh, the other body is taken in that same person's car. Like it's they, not like there's security cameras. It's 1987. Yeah. Like there could possibly have been some sort of CC camera, but there's no indication that that's the case. And like they don't say, like surveillance footage indicates that uh, you know another one happened. They just say they suspect another one. Well, well, they show the face of both the people too. They show the they show a picture of the gas station attendant and then the person that got kidnapped. But yeah. how do we know? How did they know that person was kidnapped? Exactly from that area. No like, body at no the scene. No way to do it. Yeah. And like if, if you see that there's blood at the scene, and then you also see a guy with his head removed by a, you know a shotgun blast, my assumption wouldn't be there's two bodies and one of them was taken. My no. assumption would be like this was either like from you know, the the attacker's blood or you know the guy the victim uh, bled one place and then died another. Right. That's what I right. would think. I would think it was the victim too, or it was the 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 killer, a hundred percent. Anyways, so uh, so at this point, you know, finally everything, you know, uh, Mark goes back to his old house. There's a couple that live there. He kills them both, um, and, and you know, stores them in the shed, and then he uh, goes uh, after Jen. Um, so at this point, Mark kidnaps Jen. Um, Let's talk yeah. for a moment. Like, how does he find Jen? Because he goes to the house where Jen lives with Clyde. He doesn't know Clyde. He open, like Clyde opens the door and Jen's not home. She's at work. And so, like, how did he know to go to Clyde's house? That's what I was wondering too. I, I that was the other thing that I wasn't sure. Maybe 
I don't know. I don't he, know why, because that's the next place he goes after going home. He, he doesn't know there. Clyde because he like he confronts him and it's kind of like a "Who are you?" and like he like, yeah. And Clyde's like, "I'm Jen's fiance." And, yeah, and even Clyde's like, Clyde doesn't even recognize him right off the bat until eventually he's like, "Oh wait, are you Mark?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which the whole Clyde thing is also annoying because. Again, you know, as we mentioned earlier, they paint Clyde to be like this abusive, controlling fiance, but very subtle. Like it's very subtext the mm-hmm. way they do it. Um, and, you know, he, you know, eventually he opened, you know, Mark opens the door and he's like, where's Jen? And he's like, at work. Who are you, buddy? Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. he was like, you know, whatever. And then they get into a tussle, which is also weird because we've just seen four instances in which. Mar or Seth is, or Mark is uh, unnaturally strong, fast reacting. Clyde beats the shit out of him. Yeah, like like gets a like, baseball no. bat and goes like Just, full Negan on him. Yeah, and it's so weird because it's like like when it started happening, like he pounds the shit out, like pounds him down to the ground, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what? Like I just saw you snap a dude's neck with one hand, like. What, the, what also, is happening? Clyde goes full homicidal on Mark because Mark kind of barges into the house. Like at this point, Clyde has no reason, even like self-defense has no reason to full on attack Mark. Now, mind you, we know that Clyde is going to die here. We know that. Right. But right. Clyde doesn't know that. Clyde has right. no reason to go get a baseball bat and beat the shit out of Mark. And and we also know that that Mark's been missing for two years. Like Clyde knows that Mark's been missing for two years because yeah. he's dating, he's engaged to his girlfriend. He knows the story. Like yeah. it's not like he's not going to be like, "Who are you?" To like, "I'm Mark," and he's going to be like, "I don't know who that is." Like you very much know who Mark. Like she, you know, he of course knows who Mark is. It was a news story for two years. Jen was in the news story. It's a small town. Like it is clear he would know everything about the situation. And for him to be like, yeah, yeah. fuck you, buddy. It was just like, what? What? Yeah. Instead of being like, oh my God, you've been missing for two years. Are you okay? Like it's just unnat. It's not how people would actually react. And it's it, it feels that way. The population of this town, by the way, is in the triple digits. Like it it broke a thousand barely in the 2010 census. So this is a like everyone knows everyone sort of town. Oh yeah. They're like, who the fuck is Clyde? Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so we have this weird moment. Clyde, you know, beats down Mark, and Mark then uh lifts his head up, does his scream thing, which debilitates Clyde long enough for him to um kill Clyde. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and so at this point, Jen gets, uh, gets home. So at some point, you know, Jen, uh, is, you know, kind of like, yeah, you're right. Something is weird. Like something's wrong. And, uh, she ends up getting with Mark who Mark, uh, is like, you need to join me, but it's weird. Like the whole, like Mark, the whole, like Mark passing on the alien seed thing is like, got it. Standard alien invade, you know, body snatcher fair. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine with it. You don't need to explain the reasons for it. Like I, we get it. We we know the story. You know, but the way Mark talks yeah. is it makes it feel like Mark has been given something from the aliens and now he's okay with it, but sometimes he's not okay with it. And he keeps saying, like, you did this to me. This is, you know, this is your, like, he says to Seth, like, this is your fault. You did this to me. And he makes a very big deal out of it. But then he turns to Jen and is like, we can be together. I want to give you this gift. I'm going to, we're going to do what you want to do. We're going to make a family. And it's like, we can take over this place. Like, it's like, what? I don't understand. Like, who is it though? Is it Mark? Is it the aliens? Who is talking right now? Like, yeah. who is talking right now? Exactly. Like, we never get any indication of, like, who the aliens are, what their purpose is, and, like, if like if Mark escaped from the aliens or if he was let go, if this is part of their plan. Like, no indication whatsoever. And all of this, every bit of this, I'm okay with, like, all right, cheesy movie. I have no strong opinions. It's, it's bad. It's not good. But, it, like, you know, whatever. Until we get to the the scene where, you know, Mark has implanted the the alien seed 
in everywhere like in everyone else their dead body via like uh, the his appendage thing attaching to their mouth every yeah, single one from of them his mouth to their mouth his mouth to their mouth every single one of them they've been dead this thing is implanted it somehow like heals and restores them and they come back kind of like him like like partly in control but like mostly mindless it, it's it's unclear yeah but they make it a point with Jen to make it a sexual power dynamic where he rips off her clothing and like straight like mouth to vulva with the pe- appendage like he's going to impregnate her with it and that's where I'd say fuck this movie entirely because that was so unbelievably unnecessary it mis- made me furious and it is in like the very end of the movie so you have to watch this whole pile of shit to get to this one scene that didn't need to happen at all. And yes, I am as angry as I sound right now. <laughs> it's just, so listen, like, I know in horror movie tropes, it's very common for the for the weirdly gratuitous nudity. I, I'm fine. You know, mm-hmm. we get the scenario where, you know, the, the cute girl goes home and, you know, changes her clothes and we get the scene of, of her doing it and you see her boobs. Sure. Fine. I'm, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. But this scene was so unnecessary because we've already established that is not the standard practice. So it just uh-huh. becomes a scenario where you're like, why the fuck is he doing, why is he doing this? And then the same one about the woman, ha- the woman hatching, like where everyone else is, you know, all of a sudden they're naked and mm-hmm. we get the woman that walks around and we, we see her topless and everything. Yeah. And you're like, but why, you know, like me, you know what though? That one, I could kind of accept as like yeah. they're being remade into alien type people and they're being reborn, you know, th- sure. maybe like they, he injects them and then it, you know, mushes cocoons, butterflies, melts them all inside and then recooks a body. Sure. Maybe it, that one, if it was just that alone, I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, because mm-hmm. we do see two, two guys get out of cocoons that are, are naked as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it isn't like, they don't do know, it just to the, to, I think the character's name is Amy. It's, yeah, yeah she was the woman that was living her. in uh, Mark's house after they after he had disappeared. Yeah, right. So I mean, we see two guys, you know, three, four people, four men naked from behind uh, throughout this movie, mm-hmm. um, and they're naked behinds. Um, <laughs> so like, sure, I, I will give them that. That one is is in line with everything. But this particular scene just didn't it was just like how can we degrade this person yeah as much as possible and even the way that this plays out like uh as seth hears the the screams like guttural nightmares screams from his friend upstairs he walks as slowly as he can possibly get uh, after fumbling with loading a, a rifle as slowly as he can get and we get the you know just to the last possible second as the the, the seed is slowly creeping down this appendage you know, like just about to insert itself in her then he blows uh, mark's hat off and like all is well and Okay, great. And, you know, uh, Jen rips the thing off herself and, you know, she's understandably incredibly distraught. Uh, sure. And then, you know, Seth, like, hears the other aliens, you know, making a noise downstairs and, like, goes, like, you know, stay here. I'm going to take this axe. I'm going to go check this out. No, he takes the axe, gives yeah. her the gun. Yes. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Um, take the cannoli, leave the gun. And we get the, this moment where... The like a, a remnant of the alien inside Mark launches out of the body and attaches to Jen's mouth and, and starts the thing in her anyway. So again, the sexual assault scene was entirely unnecessary. I mean, it's it's never necessary to film. Let's, let's fucking stop with that. Right. But it was entirely unnecessary to the plot, and she still gets it through the mouth anyway. What was the point other than let's put a rape scene in this movie? And I'm right. so fucking mad about that. Yep. Uh, also mad, at, uh, less mad, but still mad about the fact that at one point, uh, Seth straight buries an axe blade right next to uh, Mark's shoulder blade. There's a right fucking deep in the meat, and you know, I, I you can you can convince me to suspend disbelief on you know abnormal strength or healing or whatnot, but Mark is walking around with an axe buried to the handle in his shoulder blade. And it doesn't impact the use of that arm at all. He just has full range of motion while the blade is in there. Like, no, 
That's not how anything works. But also that even plays more to the point of if he has that sort of supernatural strength, why was Clyde fucking, you know, skinny ginger dude Clyde able to body this guy down yeah. to the ground, like to his knees and with even, like fists and then eventually a bat. Like it's inconsistent. He snaps the hunter's neck like he's snapping his fingers. It's just like, right. He just bat. like click with one then, hand. Yep. Then he gets Seth in the same grip later. And like, they have this like three and a half minute long drawn out thing where he's basically just like carrying Seth around by the throat, giving Jen a lot enough time to react and, and like try to fight him off. And like it's that's so dumb. I I didn't like the movie, but at the very end I just fucking straight up hated it. It does. Now, uh if you've gotten this far, if you have not watched the movie yet, content warning outside of the things we've already mentioned, the end of this movie gets very, very gory. Uh-huh. Um so so you know, long story short, well, I guess not long story short, to kind of <laughs> really quickly wrap it up. Um Mark is dead. Seth uh, grabs Jen, starts barreling down the road. Um, eventually, you know, uh, Jen uh, turns because she has been she has gotten the thing, which again is inconsistent because we've seen that the way they turn is by cocooning and then waking yes. up out of a thing. But Thank she's you. instantly turned. Um, and so he stops the car. He gets out. They have a little tussle in the middle of the road. Um, a guy, you know, pulls up and is like, Hey, you know, when he, you know, uh, Seth flags him down, I was like, Hey, what the shit? And of course she attacks the guy. Uh, Seth gets in the car and is just like, fine, I'll just fucking drive away and starts driving, then decides to reverse and run the two people over knowing that in the Chevelle, by the way, which in the Chevelle, yeah, kind of a, a baller move again. It is. A, it was really nice. Uh, he runs Jen and the random dude over. Um, you know, gets out and then sees that Jen is still kind of alive and he picks up a giant rock and he's hanging overhead and she's like, Seth, it's me. It's Jen. Uh, like you have to help me get this thing out of me. And you see him pause for a second and then he just fucking flattens her head with the rock and you see it happen. He bangs Mm -hmm. it onto her head multiple times and you see her head flatten. Yeah. Gruesomely gory. I mean, it's very, you know, it's very trauma slash schlock type gore but you see it happen multiple times at this moment as he lifts up the rock a cop has uh come by shoots uh seth through the chest seth drops to the ground on top of her did joss whedon direct this it was really weird Uh, why did he have to land on her because that's also not the angle at which he was standing um the rock falls in a place where it wouldn't have like like, mm-hmm. nothing about the, the way that scene is staged makes any sense. Yes. Uh, so, your fire your script supervisor. They did a very bad job. Um, and then, yeah. So, and now the movie's over, and I guess uh, and there's still a shit ton of alien people walking around this town. Um, did you see the post credit scene? I did, in fact, see the post credit scene. Did it make any sense to you? I mean, my implicate the implication is that it's Rob. Ah, uh, I guess, yeah. You yeah. know, because we never really see Rob. So, so that leads to the question of how would you rewrite this movie? So, I would say fuck Seth and make Rob be the person that's doing all of the stuff because it makes more sense for Rob to be the person because he's the first person introduced to be abducted by the aliens. So, here's how I would rewrite this movie. Seth goes to Mark and Jen and says, oh my God, I was just driving here. We saw a bunch of blinding lights. Rob was kidnapped. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. Seth is like, I don't know what you're talking about. They see a bunch of weird things. The power goes out. The lights happen. Everybody stays in the house. Now it's two years later. Rob is still missing. People blame Seth for it. The whole town is shunning Seth. We see Seth go to the store we see him working and people are like oh you're that guy that murdered that uh, rob and he's like mm-hmm. i didn't murder him and he's like mm, yeah you know we see him just being treated like garbage throughout the entire town he's clearly depressed he's on meds his friends maybe don't talk to him as much anymore because they're shitty people or whatever and then rob shows back up rob is now shown back up into town 
and there's a bunch of murders. People eventually are like, what the fuck is wrong? You know, oh my God, like this is weird. People are seeing Rob, like there's sightings of Rob in this town and there's a bunch of murders. Everybody, you know, finally Seth goes to try to figure out what's happening. Him, uh, him, Seth, Mark, and Jen go to confront Rob. Rob kills Seth, kills Jen. Seth is the only one left standing where he has to redeem, you know, himself to prove that Rob actually was kidnapped. Everything else happens in the movie exactly as it did. The big battle in the final scene, Seth is basically crushing Rob's head. A policeman shoots Seth. Uh, and Seth dies, and everybody's like, we finally caught the person who kidnapped uh, Rob, mm -hmm. and now everybody's safe, but secretly they're still aliens. Yeah. You know, we see somebody, you know, with an alien, or we see the cocoons somewhere where the aliens are going to happen. That's how I would rewrite this movie. Uh, so I just did some some quick checking through the IMDb credits, and there was no one credited with script supervision in this. So I'm guessing that, that, uh, that Joe Begos... Uh, was so fucking stoked on his story writing that he just didn't bother hiring anyone to to, <laughs> to, to like, do anything about it. Yeah, to double check his work at all. Uh, yeah. So I mean, basically, fuck this guy. Like, I don't know him. I don't. I've never seen anything else that he's that he's written. And uh, if I never do, I'll live a happier life. Yeah. He, um. Yeah. Just like yeah. You know, fuck him. So that being said, should you watch this movie? No. No. There's so many other uh, better body snatcher type movies. Uh, what was the one we watched with um, uh, fucking what's his name? Donald Sutherland. Oh, The Puppet Masters. The Puppet Masters. Watch The Puppet Masters instead. It is a much better version of a body snatchers type movie. Watch Body Snatchers, all yeah. of them. Even the remakes. Watch them. They are better movies than this movie uh, intended to be. So if if Alien, you know, Secret Aliens is your thing, um, those are the movies to watch and not this one. Mm -hmm. So this is a this is a, a go ahead and avoid. This is a um, hard pass for me. Yeah, and if you uh, have already watched this movie, sorry, uh, I apologize, um, but. We've got a really good month for you next month. Uh, we, well, maybe uh, most of them. Uh, I know for a fact next week uh, is going to be really, really good because we're covering them. We have talked about this movie so many times That's on true. this podcast and we realized we've never actually reviewed it. We're finally going to cover the movie It Follows. Mm -hmm. um, great, great ghost movie. Super, super excited to talk about it. Possibly a special guest um, lined up for you guys. So we're very excited um, to uh, do that. And so uh, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We will see you next time. Yeah. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm -hmm.